Hi, everyone. My name is Bridget Richardson. I'm the Assistant Director of Ecumenical and Pastoral Initiatives at the Nesty Center for Faith and Culture at University of St. Thomas in Houston. And I'm here with Jeff Olson, uh, the Vice President for Marketing and University Relations and Adjunct Professor of Screenwriting at University of St. Thomas in Houston. So, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me for this topic that I'm super pumped about. Well, I'm excited to talk about this, too. Thank you so much, Bridget, for having me on the show. And yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. Yeah, and when we were kind of dialoguing about what should we discuss, you had mentioned storytelling and the human experience. So why do you think that's something interesting and important to talk about during the pandemic? Sure. I mean, I think, uh, you know, through storytelling, we kind of relate human experience, right? Nobody goes to the movies just to be entertained. We want to be connected with characters. We want to see conflict. We want to see conflict resolution. And I think right now, there's never been you know, a bigger conflict in a lot of people's lives than with this pandemic. So I think we're really kind of looking for something to connect with to kind of relate that human experience to. And how has that dialogue between storytelling and human experience shaped your worldview and your life in terms of how you watch movies and consume content? <laughs> well, I'm a little bit... I guess maybe uh, ruined from having watched so many TV shows and movies. My background is in television and film. So I've dissected them over and over again. I've written a lot of them and studied story structure. So when I'm watching stuff, I'm always kind of looking for the big storytelling moments and anticipating when they'll be. And I love it when they surprise me, frankly. But um, so I think as, as we're watching a lot more content and as we're starting to binge all kinds of shows and everything, we're all kind of looking for, uh, you know, something that we can grab a hold of that has some kind of meaning in our lives. Yeah, and when people are watching that content and looking for meaning, you know, for you, what are some of the elements that really speak to you? Or when you see a part of a story that you're like, oh, I hope they go deeper with that. What are some of the things that are that come to mind? Well, something that, you know, might tie in with the Center for Faith and Culture and kind of some of the things that, that you're doing over there. Um, I look for in movies. I look for kind of social justice type elements and, you know, how can we really kind of tell community stories. Uh, one example I think is in the class that I'm teaching on film genres, we watched Parasite. I don't know if you've seen it yet, uh, Bong Joon-ho. It was Best Picture in the Academy Awards and it's the first time a foreign movie has ever won Best Picture. But uh, the movie really, the subtext of it is all about kind of the gap between rich and poor and um, you know what those two worlds look like when they collide and it i always look for something like that some kind of analogy that's going on that might tell a larger story than the human story that's unfolding in the movie but that director uh, bong joon ho he's really known for that he's made a movie called okja which i would recommend to anybody to watch on netflix uh, a terrific um, movie. And that one's kind of about, uh, I guess, maybe, you know, the same sorts of things, some social justice issues around access to food and stuff like that. But uh, he also made Snowpiercer, which has some of these elements as well. But um, I think the pandemic has really given us a chance to discover some new stuff too. You know, I, like everybody, I'm cruising around Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, and I'm taking a chance on something that I otherwise might not have. And so I'm discovering, you know, foreign movies like that quite a bit these days. 
Yeah. And so when you're, when you're looking for those stories and how you're, you know, it's a time to experiment, to find different things. How, how do you think it is kind of entering into a different world of human experience? Because with a movie like Parasite, I didn't see it, but I read the commentary on it and I saw his acceptance of the award because it was so exciting. You know, you could tell how he was just over the moon. So how, how are you entering into someone else's world and living, the, living their lives through their eyes, through that uh, human experience? Well, I think right now, since everybody is at home kind of watching the same content, in some ways we're more connected than we've ever been because I'm watching the same movies that somebody in South Korea where Parasite came from is watching and the same movie that somebody's watching you know, on the other side of the globe. So I think what we're discovering or learning more about is that our own human experience is much more shared than, than we thought previously. Um, and that a movie that, that is made in South Korea has absolutely the same kind of human emotional interactions that you would see in a movie that we make here. It's just a different setting. And they always say that's what makes a good movie is a familiar kind of emotional connection to the characters but a setting that's totally different than anything you've ever seen. So a movie like Parasite or any of those others that I mentioned, I think that provides both of those things to everybody, no matter where you're from. And so if there were a movie about the pandemic, <laughs> you know, our setting is inside our house, right? How, how is this uh, an exercise in storytelling of our human experience of what's going on? Sure. Yeah. I, I've thought about that because uh you know, I, I'm not sure whether it's art imitating life or the other way around, but a movie has a certain structure and we like to go into it and meet the characters, have an unusual setting, but characters that we really feel some kind of empathy for. And movies establish a sense of balance and then they throw that sense of balance off totally. Uh, they call that the inciting incident. It usually happens in the first 10 minutes. And then the character will try to find a way to restore balance in their lives because every great movie is about a conflict changing someone's life. So when you look at the pandemic, if it were a movie, I think the thing that's kind of disconcerting to everybody is that if it were a movie at this point, there would already be a vaccine that we knew about that was almost developed and maybe it doesn't get quite developed, but then somebody else saves it and there's a resolution that comes. But if the pandemic were a movie, I think it would be like a four hour movie at least because there's going to be a few twists and turns and it's not really operating on the timeline of resolution that we're used to. You know, when a hurricane comes in, we know that there's going to be an end to that and that then there will be a period where we have a lot of work to do to kind of regroup. But with the pandemic, it's tough because we're not sure where we see the end of it. And so... Yeah, I think uh, if it were going to be a movie, maybe it would be more of a miniseries than a movie, you know? It's so true. I mean, there's just so many different elements to it, right? <laughs> yeah, there really are. And I'm so interested in, you know, when you're teaching these classes to students and, you know, even people like me, when you're sharing the, the deeper understanding of uh, watching movies and television, how do you help people see that, you know, you and I were talking about true crime earlier. Yeah. This true crime is an experience that ha actually happened in someone's life. It's not fiction. 
if I'm not mistaken. I know there's one, some are fiction and some are, <laughs> and some yeah. are real. <laughs> if you talk to the writers of those shows, you know, they, I think they kind of blur the lines sometimes, but yeah, it's always based on some kind of true element. Well, even with that, with blurring the lines of it, you know, it, things get really strange. And when you're trying to t- take something from a movie or maybe you see something that, oh, you know, that speaks to me. I need to change something about myself and in my life because that speaks to me. Or if you're witnessing something that's, you know, violent or, or something that's really disturbing, that affects you in your real life. So how do you both take that into your own human experience but then realize, okay, this is a movie. (laughs) They're putting this together. There is that arc in the storytelling. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think most movies, the the real meaning that we can take out of them comes towards the end because the characters in these movies, you know, they face a conflict. And usually when there's a conflict and they want to restore balance in their life, they, they pick, you know, what they call in the movies an object of desire. If only I can achieve this, then balance will be restored to the universe and everything will be okay. But in most movies, that object of desire usually doesn't prove to be what truly helps them overcome the conflict. There always comes that moment towards the end of the movie where there's lots of different names for the moment, but it's kind of the crisis choice that a character has to make. And it usually flies in the face of what they thought they needed to do with their life and they gain some kind of insight from the experience that they've had. You know, I think that that speaks to a lot of people in those moments because we often don't anticipate what we're gonna learn out of conflict from life. And I think that's probably true during this pandemic as well. You know, we're gonna discover new things about ourselves. We're gonna really probably start to appreciate family, you know, if we don't drive each other crazy while we're all trapped at home, but we'll gain a new appreciation for for how we live our lives and how we work from home or work in the office. And when we do go into the office, I bet we'll really make the human interactions matter more than they did before, you know? Uh, so I'm not sure what we'll learn out of the pandemic, but I think when watching movies, that's the part that's relatable is, is we all like to come out of something changed by the conflict that we went through and a better person for it. So maybe I see some parallels there, you know, coming out of this. Yeah, and you're so right. You can't anticipate what's going to happen next. You know, even in movies, I am a very, (laughs) when I watch movies, I'm in it. I'm not the person who can predict what's coming next because I'm so entrenched in what's going on that it's always a surprise. So in this time when, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, we can't anticipate it. It's so interesting to think about people who are trying to, you know, in the news and everything, people are trying to anticipate what's going to happen, trying to figure out what's going to happen next. But just to leave yourself in that unknowing is a little bit scary, isn't it? It can be. Yeah. I think people like to have some sort of certainty or know what the outcome is going to be, you know? So yeah, even in, we're talking about film or television, you know, whenever they set up a conflict, you kind of can guess what that last scene is going to be, that there's going to be a resolution, you know, hopefully it'll be a happy ending, but it's not always, but, you know, they call that the obligatory scene at the end. And if you don't give it to the audience, they're upset with you because, you know, they, that's what they want. So, you know, what is our obligatory scene that comes from all of this that we've been going through, you know? And, and I think that, you know, the human 
experience in human history shows that we always come together and, and triumph in the end. So, you know, based on a lot of the pandemics of the past, you know, vaccines are created and life goes on and, and we'll be more ready for the next one, I think. Yeah, I have a friend when she watches movies, she needs that resolution. She needs that redemption of the characters. And if she doesn't have it, she really just doesn't like the movie. <laughs> She's done with it. And even during our conversation, the movie that keeps coming to mind is Inception. Have you seen Inception? Yeah, a few times, yeah. Yeah, and the end of that movie, you know, it doesn't, spoiler alert, it doesn't give you a resolution, really. You can see what happens in your own mind, but, you know, it doesn't give you that resolution. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've had to watch it a few times to try to understand like what level of dreams they're in because there's so many different layers. Good movie, but you're right. The resolution isn't very clear. I've even uh, heard people say that when they don't like a movie, they'll still finish watching it just because they want to see the resolution that they anticipate to see if they were right. You know? Yeah, that it's just it's so interesting to me how people view content and Right now, when people are binging, you know, you kind of are directing people to try something new and, and experiment because we do have this opportunity right now. Do you have a few favorites other than Parasite that you were talking about? <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, all of the movies of, uh, I think his name is Bong Joon-ho, the director, Snowpiercer and Okja, O-K-J-A, those are both great movies. But then uh, there's a new TV show that I just totally binged all at once called The English Game, and it's by the guy, uh, Julian Fellows, who did Downton Abbey. And it's just a one season show. The English do that. They don't have any plans for another season. But uh, it's about the origins of English football, you know, which we call soccer. But what I like about it is that it's kind of timely with the pandemic too, because it was like a time of great change. It explains when teams went from being club teams in the 1800s to professional and when when there were first free agents and teams started trading and how scandalous that was. But the characters are really good, just like they were on Downton Abbey. And I think it's kind of uh, refreshing to see a period piece right now from another world kind of where, where things were kind of peaceful and nice. Yeah, you can really enter into that world. Like you have time to just sort of let go and be immersed in that culture, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I have another one, too, that I just watched with my kids, and they loved it. Uh, it's called The Hunt for the Wilder People. And this is another example of how, you know, you're searching around for stuff that you normally wouldn't watch. This is a movie from New Zealand. And it's a fabulous story about a kid in foster care who goes to live on a remote ranch because he's a troubled kid and he's always burning things to the ground and he needs some some serious help. And it's the story of him and this character that kind of becomes his, his father um, on the run from the authorities in the back country of New Zealand because uh, people think they did a crime that they didn't. But it's really a, a great story, human story of people coming together in the middle of a crisis. And it's really funny too. But I'd give that one definitely four stars. It's good. Oh, awesome. We'll have to link some of these to make sure that people can check about it <laughs> and find them. This is great. Yeah, there's, there's really a lot of good content out there. And I love the fact that um, a lot of it is available on these subscription services that don't cost all that much. Uh, in my film genres class that I taught this semester, it was really nice because most of the students had Netflix. And, you know, we, we don't want to ask the students to spend a lot of money on their material, course materials. 
And so most of them were able, were able to find movies and things that are, are free if you have Netflix. And so that really opens things up um, to kind of share these things together. That's great. And so when, you know, as we're watching movies and as we're going through this pandemic, how would you say that you hope that people's worldviews can be elevated in terms of the content they're consuming and in terms of how they're interacting with one another? How do you see, hopefully through whatever, whatever videos or television or movies people are watching, they can come out better and contribute to society and the world in a more impactful way through what they're watching? Sure. Yeah, I, you know, I lived out in Hollywood for a long time when I was working in television. And, you know, I think it's, it's really clear that Hollywood, a lot of the time has helped to kind of uh, dictate cultural trends. But now I think that's really opened up quite a bit. Um, You know, film markets from China to lots of other regions around the world are thriving right now. And so we don't really have just the one kind of uh, epicenter of where kind of cultural phenomenon and trends are coming from. We have this incredible uh, diversity now. And it's not just on the big screen, it's on the small screen. I've been following this uh, show about um, Christ called The Chosen. I don't know if you've seen this thing on, it's an app and it crowdsources and they've raised just millions and millions of dollars and they've produced a full season of a TV show based on the Bible. And it's super cool that somebody can do that through crowdsourcing and have just as much access to eyeballs as Hollywood or anybody else. But uh, I think, I guess this is a long answer to your question, but we're gaining some kind of common experience and shared experience from the far corners of the earth that we didn't have before. And I think that promotes understanding between people and a lot less fear, um, you know, when we didn't know what was going on in other countries, we often, you know, rely on what we're told by politicians or others. But when you get to peek behind that curtain and see that everybody shares this common existence, um, I think it, it kind of brings uh, a level of, of hope for, you know, more cooperation between countries to, to beat this pandemic. Yeah. And what would you even say of our American culture where we're just a melting pot of all of those cultures (laughs) that, that we're, that we have access to, you know, what would you say of that in our even American or United States of America experience? Well, I think that is absolutely our biggest differentiator and our best factor. And it's probably why, you know, our media has really been so influential around the world is because we have this beautiful thing happening here where we have all of these different viewpoints coming together all at once. And so we're able to, to really offer, uh, I don't know, a unique experience, unique American experience. So yeah, we're lucky in that way for sure. But now I, I think really with the way people are consuming this content, it is becoming a global culture more and more every day. You know, we don't have to travel to visit someplace anymore and gain any understanding. We could be there right now if we just clicked the bottom of the screen and zoomed somebody, you know, in another country. Um, we've seen that that from a distance we can still kind of be close with people. So yeah, I think I think the way we have things here in the United States is kind of becoming the way that things are globally now too, through communication. 
Well, Jeff, you've given me a lot of things to watch. <laughs> I'm super pumped because it's going to be fun to go through and see. I love good storytelling too. So it'll be great to see how all these stories change and, and to get a little insight into what you like to watch too. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on the show today. It's been a pleasure. And thanks for everything you're doing with this podcast. I think it's, it's bringing a lot of voices out there and, and sharing all the wonderful things you guys are doing uh, with a larger audience. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You have a great day, Jeff. You too. Bye. Bye.